0: CliffCentral.com
1: Fashion Lab on CliffCentral.com Greetings and welcome to the Fashion Lab show. My name is Lisa Regis for your host, and thank you for tuning in again to uh, this show. This is the show where we dissect the business behind fashion. We care about development. We care about um, just being able to elevate ourselves as an industry. We are talking $3 trillion industry today, and Africa has what? I don't want to talk about that. I want to focus on our topic today. We're going to be talking manufacturing uh, and especially focusing on the clothing and textile industry. We're joined by very special guests. And uh, our lines are open. We are on Twitter at Fashion Lab AF. We are on Facebook at Fashion Lab Africa. And we're on Instagram at Fashion Lab Africa. So feel free to share your thoughts uh as we continue now before i introduce our special guests today we are joined by morg stein who's our internationally accredited beauty consultant and makeup artist who will be glamming up the show with glam up for a dose of makeup And some beauty tips. We're also joined by our New York contributor, Edgy Benson, with his echoes from New York. Edgy runs NU New York, which is a fashion services company based in New York, sourcing services to fashion designers and fashion houses. He's been in this game for a long time, and we love to also just pick his mind. Now, a quick reminder for those of you who are tuned in uh, for the first time, I've got my favorite segment at the end of this show. It's called Who Would You Want to Dress and Why? So think about who you want to dress and why so we can have some fun. I call it our red glass of wine at the end of this uh, session. Now, keep your tweets coming um, and also allow me to just go straight into the matters at hand to introduce and welcome our special guest today. Now, I've got two guests and one of them is a house, ho- house name you will know and then obviously one of them is uh, a- another guest. So, anyway, these guests are definitely playing within the manufacturing space. We're joined by a partner of the only South African company that boasts local manufacturing, warehousing, design, and branding within the industry. These guys are heavily invested in the sustainable development of manufacturing in South Africa and definitely contribute directly to the local economy. Um, As a result of their success, they are the lead participants in DTI's uh, production incentive initiative, which is PII. And... Here we go. So, allow me to welcome and introduce partner at CNR Brand Solutions, Sean Isson. Hi, Liz. Hi, did I say that right?
0: Yes, you got it right, 100%.
1: Okay. <laughs> welcome to the show. Well, thank you very
0: much. Thank you for the time. Uh, welcome to your listeners as well.
1: Thank you very much. Now, before we go on, we normally have this thing. I have to ask you who are you wearing
0: and what's inspiring the look? Ah, who are wearing? <laughs>
1: What are you wearing? Okay. And what's what inspiring
0: I the look? I'm wearing my Woolworths jeans with my Woolworths top.
1: And what's inspiring this look today? Um,
0: it's casual. It's comfortable. Um, in the environment that we work, um, we want casual and comfortable um, because people are, are spending a lot of time at their workplace, better part of eight hours a day, sitting in an environment that must be comfortable for them.
1: It's very nice. So thank you very much for joining us. Um, I was here last week. And I got the privilege of getting a nice beautiful tour in here and I literally almost fell over. I came in with a friend and uh, we literally sat and almost fell over because from one step stage or one step to the next block, to the next block, it just never ended. And one of the things I admire about what you guys are doing definitely is, number one, I I didn't know about you guys until I I came here and until uh, my friend Nadima dragged me here. And then the second thing is, after she dragged me here, I didn't want to leave, but the truth is because of the fact that um, a few people and, you know, people, you know, got, things are flying in the air. People feel like generally the African fashion, the African industry when it comes to manufacturing is dying. And the truth is, I don't know. I've heard from people who are here. I don't know. I wasn't I wasn't here 20 years ago, but I've heard that this uh, was a very thriving industry when it came to clothing um, and textile uh, manufacturing. And as the years go by. I don't know what's happening because obviously, as a designer, I know that I struggle with production and I know a lot of other designers struggle with production, meaning we do not have enough production facilities to cover up or to, 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 to work with us so that we are not late and we are not missing deadlines into stores and all of that stuff. So, first of all, I just want you to give us a bit, a bit of a quick background about CNR, what you guys are doing here, and just I just love the, everything under one roof. I think that's very good for business.
0: Let's we... Specifically, our company here and Brands plays within the corporate environment. So we're not uh, manufacturing for the retailers, a slightly different industry there, but we all utilize the same backbone and functionality within the, the, the country. What, what we found within the, the corporate market is that the more and more South African large corporates are looking to localize what they do. So they're asking for... Local products first, wherever possible, and only the, and the items that cannot be manufactured locally are then sourced externally from outside of the country.
1: But can I say, can I just uh, come in there? What, on a percentage, on a scale of 1 to 10, what would you say you have to outsource? Because it, it seems like you guys have uh, really your app technology wise, you've got. Great machines you've got. You're literally, you've got that competitive edge from a global perspective.
0: What we've done is we've structured ourselves to have a one stop shop, a one solution. So we have backward integrated right the way down to the fabric level. So we're able to manufacture the knitted fabrics ourselves in our own mill. We then outsource the dyeing of those fabrics to a local dye house. So we've got two or three local dye houses that'll dye that up for us. On receipt of that, Fabric back again, we localize it again where we then cut it, make it, trim it, and complete a garment for the for the end user we've also found that the end user's reaction time over a retail reaction time is a lot shorter, so when we're talking about a corporate reaction time, we're talking about one to two weeks, so we have to control the processes Wow as, yeah. As, Retail tends to plan seasons ahead of themselves.
2: Yes, true. So they're planning,
0: going into one season, already planning the next season. Uh, We don't have the luxury of that within the corporate environment. Corporate environment tends to react very, very quickly, and we have to be able to react very, very quickly, which means that we have to invest, backward invest, into our supply chain in order to meet their expectations.
1: So now tell me, Sean, what what would you say capacity-wise, just... Just, just an idea of, like, what sort of capacity you guys are handling when it comes to your production here.
0: On local manufacturing, just on the, the clothing and the bag side, because we manufacture luggage as well as the, the clothing side of it, we most probably do about 55 million rand a year. Is what we would do out of this. Um,
1: wow. Now, from a product perspective, if you tell me, are, are there similar months or is every month a different month? Really? It's
0: very, very different because once again, we're playing in the corporate space. So corporates tend to have a budget and they don't tend to budget as seasonally as a retail chain would budget. So a corporate might be looking for some, an item with their branding on it. It might be a clock, it might be a bag or it might be a garment. Obviously, we will try and put them into something South African first, which would be garments and bags. And then outside of that, if it was something for the desk, those are the type of items that would be imported.
1: Let's talk about the equipment and the machinery. Because, you know, another thing I know is for sure is you still have uh, factories. There are a lot of factories around um, Africa, yes. I'm sure. And uh, one of the things I also feel is I feel like for, for my experience as a brand uh, who's constantly in the factories trying to get my stuff done – Uh, I wonder if people are upgrading when it comes to technology and just kind of trying to really keep up with what's happening because uh, I've gone around your setup here and you guys seem to be really um, on that other level. What, what, what are you doing? Are you, are you, do you guys do your research and also just kind of um, make sure that you understand and keep up with what's happening from a global perspective to be able to also keep up with demands? Because obviously every time you get an order, I'm sure that you know as much as it's corporate, it's clothing at the end of the day. Yeah. And I'm sure that people will say, I want this and I want that. But because of globalization that has made everything so borderless and everybody wants what everybody wants, you will also have to keep up when it comes to your machinery and your equipment
0: and your technology. That's it. We've invested a lot of money in in technology, almost 6 million rand just in technology. Um, The DTI and IDC have have assisted us with that. They have programs in place that that are designed specifically around production incentives and competitiveness improvement. So they, as the DTI, saw the fact that the local industry would have to close a very big gap very quickly. So they have specific programs... In place for clothing and textiles companies, footwear leather companies, that will help bridge that gap and close that gap a lot quicker.
1: And now, how often do you look? Like, do you have like, do you say that every end of year or every how twice a year? How how often do you kind of see and understand where the market is to be able to keep
2: up?
0: Well, we we would benchmark, you know, so we benchmark ourselves um, against the, the retail industry because so, it's very difficult in the corporate industry but against the retail industry, so we look at our machinery in relation to what's available elsewhere in the world and we believe that we've been able to put some of the, the best machinery available on the ground and, and tie it into our specific, need, our, our specific needs. So we look at um, competitiveness, we take it seriously because that's the only thing that gives us the edge. Um, DTI and, and government has designated the clothing, textiles, footwear, leather industry which means that All parastatals have to procure locally. So that is what's creating, possibly creating the problem on your side when it comes to capacity. Because over the
1: years... (laughs) That's That's why we can't find anyone to do our work.
0: It's over the years that the the industry was being seen as a sunset industry. And then a lot of money and and energy and time and effort has been pumped into the industry as such to turn that perception around. And we've got buy-in from uh, labor, from organized labor, from manufacturers, from government. And that's what's making the industry grow.
1: Now, tell everybody's me... Everybody's Yeah. So tell me something. Are you guys also able to get work? Are you... I mean, do, is Africa as a continent aware of what... I mean, obviously, every day is a new day to discover a new uh, supplier or a new um, opportunity. Have you guys reached out to the continent? Does the continent know? Even if you still strictly focus on corporate... Do you have a lot of other uh, brands or businesses or companies and organizations across the continent that also give the, you work?
0: I, we specifically see our brands don't network like that. We concentrate on our local market as being a key market because that is massive for what we're able to, to produce our capacity-wise. But we also supply large multi, multinationals that have a global footprint and they have an African footprint. So we supply from Johannesburg side and from South Africa side up into the Ghanas, the Rwandas, the DRCs, um, Cameroon. Our business partner, Sandy Ehrenreich, ex-Sandy and Gemma, um, she's set up an office now in Cameroon. So we are, we'll be putting a base up in Cameroon, and then from Cameroon, growing the business through to corporates, from using Cameroon as the base. Very nice. So that, very... that's where we're going up. We're going north. We Specifically us, we're not interested in going the Europe side or that's not where we want to play, we want to play north
1: and it's also very important for me as an Africanist and as an um, African um, entrepreneur I know for sure that there is a big gap in the market and Uh, It's good to see organizations like yours that say, you know what, we are still, we haven't finished. I mean, you can't just jump from here and go to Europe and leave Africa hanging because Africa is still looking at So when you look at the setup and the way that things are set up from a production and manufacturing perspective in the continent, you do have a few little plants all spread out across, but it's not, I think South Africa has the biggest and the best systems when it comes to manufacturing the continent, and that is why I have people calling me every day, hi, I need help, can you do my production, can you do this, and I'm like, I'm trying to help myself until, until further notice I'm still trying to help myself. So I feel like there is a gap in the market. I feel like for Africa to be able to move ahead, we definitely have to pay attention when it comes to what is it that's our offering and have we really like spread our wings and actually you know, spread and really get the business from all of these people who are screaming help, help, before we move and expand um, further out of the continent? So I think for me, I just want to commend you guys on at least still keeping it locked and, and trying to expand and trying to also reach out to the rest of the continent, because there is a big, big gap. Big.
0: You know, your manufacturing skills, traditionally, a lot of the floor managers... Um at, a, at an operational level moved into other industries. Now to get them back, to balance a floor is extremely difficult. You know, when you're talking about balancing a production line or balancing a floor, there is no varsity course that can teach you that. We <laughs> sit in the office, and as you can hear my factory in the background, we can, I can hear what's on my lines. And that takes, that takes time, and it takes experience. And a lot of that experience was lost, so now we're rebuilding that experience. When you look at our machinists, the traditional machinists didn't have to read, didn't have to write, just had to be able to stitch two pieces of fabric together, and that was, that was the job. With the machines that we're landing now, you have to have an understanding of how to operate the machinery, you have to be able to set stitch lengths, timing, so it's evolving.
1: So it's more, much more advanced now, much and more, you, have so to be, you can't just wake up from the corner,
0: no. and then... It, and no, it's no. difficult to get people to, to fill the chairs, because nobody aspires to being a machinist. <laughs> So nothing no to one went to school at. for machines <laughs> <Okay. laughs>
1: to <Yeah>. handle <laughs> the new machines at CNR. <laughs>
0: yes, but when you're talking production management, that's a different ballgame. They are they are like hen's teeth. You cannot get good production managers. Somebody who can balance a line and balance a floor, and get your production out. That's that's the goal is to get to there because your understanding of that will lead into the fashion industry. Um, we've got to be moved, we That's where we're training the most. Is trying to get. The people on the floor to understand that it's gone to the old days. You're not just mm-hmm. stitching one piece of fabric to another. It's it's evolved. The machinery's evolved. It's it's moving high tech now. So it's a, it's a different animal altogether.
1: You got to be smart. You got to be sharper. You got to be yes, sure. It's not and even it's, a not the,
0: it's not it's not the then. classic old days. <laughs> <anymore>. it, <laughs> it really is. The industry itself has moved, taken a quantum forward on our side.
1: Wow. So, Sean, tell me, where do you see the future of African fashion when it comes to manufacturing, um, clothing manufacturing specifically? And when I say fashion, whether it's corporate, it is still to still falls under clothing and textile. It's still fashion.
0: I see. It massive potential for companies to get on their feet and, and get going, to give it an op- to maximize opportunities because there are lots of opportunities. We have a capacity problem. So there's an opportunity to put factories on the ground. The, there are programs within the DTR and the IDC that are specifically designed around creating manufacturing units. and um, So we need to maximize that and get on board with some of those programs and grow these things. Talking specifically high fashion, you need to set up factories that are for that, that are, that are specific for your designer, shorter mm-hmm. runs, mm-hmm. faster turnarounds. Now there we have more them.
1: detail. I mean, I'm not, I'm not knocking off detail. No, has no. to be standard for everything. I'm just saying that you're so right it's when you say focused. it's, yes.
0: It's very, very practical. So you, you'll set your factories up depending on what it is that you want to do. So if you're moving into high fashion, your factory would be high fashion. Your machinists would be multitasking machinists. They would be in order for you to make it profitable. They would be have to one machinist would have to operate multiple machines in order to get you that look and that feel that you, that you want in the, in the marketplace on a fashion side. Wow. So You know, Sean, it's big opportunities.
1: Yes, no, it's big opportunities, but it's so exciting to see what you guys are, are doing. And I think, you know, congratulations on what you've been doing here for all these years and uh, I'm hoping that you can release some of the tailors so we can get some. Geez, like <laughs> I'm starting to feel like I'm having a headache, you know. <laughs> How many, what are we talking staff?
0: We are about 246 staff and the network will go out to run about 680 odd machines. Guys! So it's, 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 it's a big industry, we've chosen a particular model. There are lots of models to choose from. Um, I would recommend that when you sit down and build your factory, understand where it is you're going, fit for purpose, put your machinery on the ground, get the right operators on the ground, and stick to the vision. There's massive opportunities in manufacture. It's changing. Everything's changing. Um, It's just don't be scared to get involved in literally pick up the needle and and get going.
1: Wow. Guys, you've heard it all. We're holding it down here with um, Sean Eson, who's partner at CNR Brand Solutions, right here in Amalgam in Johannesburg. You know, it's like down the street. It's like 18 minutes. I put my GPS, 18 minutes. I'm like, yay, okay. So it's amazing. What you're doing is great, and uh, for those of you who are tuned in, for those of you who are thinking, gosh, uh, what do we do next? There is uh, an industry, um, like he said, it's just a new day. So I think it's also about understanding and, and obeying evolution. When evolution happens, you can't be caught up in your corner, still using the same equipment and setting up the systems the way you had it 20 years ago. Like you know, like we're talking. Um, Sean, thank you so much for joining us. Um, how can our listeners connect with you? Are you on social media? Do you have a website? Can we just maybe get? We've some? got a
0: website. Yes. www .crbrands.cr.za You're welcome to post anything there. Contact contact us through there. Otherwise, the varsities also send a lot of their students through for them to see the whole picture. Because once you understand that in our game, we bend fabric. We cut and bend fabric. If you understand fabric, then you'll be able to design whatever you want, understanding the fabric portion. So we welcome the groups through. If the, the varsities can put something through, they're welcome to take them on a tour give them a better feel for what raw production is all about
1: guys we've been talking to sean and we can sit here and talk all day but sean thank you for joining us we're very proud of what you guys are doing and what you represent and we hope that uh, the continent can experience <laughs> a piece of that pie um and uh yeah
0: thank you for taking the time fashion
2: lab on cliffcentral.com
3: Hello everyone and hi Edgy, welcome to the show once again.
2: Yeah, (laughs) you're so nice listening to Sean. How are you? What are you wearing? I'm
3: sure you've seen, um, I've already posted a picture and I'm feeling um, quite top knotted and floral today, if I can say the least. So it's just a really easy going pastel um, floral jumpsuit that I I just had a seamstress, um, you know, whip up for me. And yeah, it's just, it's one of those things, you know, you can put a heel on and look fabulous or you could just wear a sandal and be ready Really casual So yeah Just easy mm-hmm. And you Edgy
2: <laughs> Today And I thought Well Liz is not in the studio yes. um, So I just I took it very easy
3: <laughs> Don't <laughs> think I'm going to be lenient on you
2: <laughs> I thought you were going to be Like easy on me <laughs> No I'm, I'm just I'm just wearing a, a, It's a little, It's very cold here Yes uh, We just went through a snowstorm So I'm just wow. wearing um. Uh, a warm cardigan and uh, skinny jeans
3: okay perfect <laughs> i saw it was like minus 5 um yeah it's 32 today so oh I, I don't want to make you God. jealous or anything. <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, Edgy, just getting back to, um, the discussion, um, with Liz, you know, that Liz had with Sean, it's quite it, interesting, it, yeah. um, how the, the DTI and government has allocated, um, everything to be done locally, which is amazing. Mm. Um, and it's, it's so nice to hear that, you know, the South African government is, does not have the most positive light on them at most times. So it's good to hear something positive, you know, that, They are participating um, that, you know, the Labor Department is even involved right through to getting allowances for the industry. So that's really great. Um, You know, Edgy, I know you've also actually one of our special guests today. So Mm -hmm. I don't want to steal all your shine. And I want you to sort of give us your thoughts and what's happening on your side of the world.
2: Well, I mean, the the thing is... It's so nice to have um, Sean open this conversation up because, I mean, being, uh, having an, an operation on the ground in Africa, you, know, he, you get to see the, the amount of, or the level of the progress, you know? Yeah. So, in, you know, he showed a lot of growth, a lot of understanding, and a lot of the thinking in terms of making sure that your people are multitasking, and you know, like the equipment is yes. good. Um, and also, the, the able- fact
3: that you know, sorry, um, that it's not about just being a machinist anymore. It's really about developing people to become your production manager. Um, you know, and sort of branching out into that sense of the fashion world. You know, so it's not about just being someone operating a sewing machine anymore. You know, which is really amazing. exactly yeah,
2: like being able to understand understand the reason for what you're making something you know yes. understanding fashion that it's going to be competing on the street and i think on that level africa is on par i mean yeah we may not have all the industries i mean and enough factories or manufacturers we may not have but that understanding of of you know of the the need to be savvy in in, in fashion or just to understand why it is important that quality is, is right and, and all the operations are streamlined. I think that is good. Yes. Know, that's very good. On that level, I think on that, on that idea, on that desire, we are very much on par. The only thing is, you know, because the industry is, is, is growing in Africa, it's probably still like in its sunrise, so yes. to say. Yes. Yes. They are, so, there are, there are all these things that you actually see, the obvious things that you see, the infrastructure, the, the factory, the machine, the, the sewers and the cutters. You see all of those things. But the, then there are the intangibles that really enhance what they do, you know? Yeah. And those are the things that nobody gets to see. You know, so manufacturing is it's 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 um, it's a, a, a lot of things, meaning like understanding what it does have its own trends. You know, it mm-hmm. has what's going on, what what's going on on its own. Um, so just seeing seeing how African manufacturers can compete or can be um, on par with what's going on outside, yeah. maybe their exposure to technologies in terms of. So like in in China sometimes, you can, I mean, you can make a T-shirt. You can make like five, six thousand T-shirts in a short time because you can tube them. You know, yes, yes. Uh, instead of cutting them flat, they can they come in a tube. You know, those yes. are all. That's on the machinery end, on the technology end. You know, and then then trends in trends manufacturers have to understand trends in fabrics. You know, trends in textiles because different machines are needed to handle different different textiles. You know, yes. Um. So. So so all of those things are like, those of those things you can see, you can see those machineries, but the intangibles like, you know, quality control, you know, Uh, the expectations of quality and also the the QC and the the quality control and then the timelining, all of those things for us to be competitive uh, on the global scene, Africa has to have. Those kinds of understandings, mm-hmm. you know, very strong understandings and you know, in, in those areas. So,
3: if I think of, um, for instance, you know, locally manufactured um, things, the problem in Africa is that it becomes so costly for the consumer, you know, because there's only, say there's only a thousand pieces made, whereas if it had been made in China, for instance, there would be oh. 10,000 pieces made, so... You know I think that also affects you know the whole infrastructure of things quite a lot as well,
2: and you know to be honest with you, look at the, uh, the like the growth um initiative the u s has yes. with Africa, which is agoa if for everything that is made in Africa that comes here right there's no customs duties, you know so imagine yes. the the pool of that like what, how attractive that. That is to a company like Old Navy or Gap, but because we do not have the facilities or the capacity to give them quantity you know to have, to deliver quantity at, 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 at quality levels that are acceptable, then it becomes so difficult for Africa to take advantage of that but that 's what I mean by those intangibles that people look for, yeah. how do you achieve quality and you achieve quality through Good quality control pro- protocol. You know all the checkpointing that go, that goes on in. A, it, so when you order a product, you don't just get the product. You know Oops. you get you get you get the beginnings of that product until you get the final product. So you get samples all the way. So you get like okay, let's say you order a garment. We would give you here by protocol. We would give you a a fit sample, which is, it could be a muslin, meaning it's it's just a fabric that is close to what you're going to, what you actually are going to have the garment in. Yeah. And then you fit that, and then we give you a pre-production, which is in the fabric that you want. Yeah. And then you fit that too, and then you get a, a T.O.P. sample, which is a top of production, meaning we've finished your production, this is your T.O.P., you, it's packaged, it's Everything the way you want it. It's, it's 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 got its UPC codes. It's got everything. All the supply chain needs on it are are on it. And then you, that is delivered to you to check that your store when it gets that product is the way that you have wanted it, the way you want in terms of quality and packaging. So those are all the intangibles, you know, yes. um, that people don't don't see, uh, but they enhance. the the factory worker, they enhance the quality that comes out of the factory. You know, those are areas where Africa needs uh, improvements, where Africa has to to catch up because we just don't have a lot of those protocols in place. No, no, 100%. uh, Yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, there is delivery, there is uh, timelining and logistics and all these others. It's not just to make the clothes. You know, you've got to figure out how they are traveling to the to, to to the buyer, you know? Um, you know, the timelines for travel, for travel, the logistics of shipping them. Uh, there's so many ancillary things that you have to be able to do as, as, yeah, a, as yeah. a clothing manufacturer.
3: You know, and with, um, CNR branding solutions, um, you know, and with what Sean is doing, their main sort of market is obviously the corporate wear. Um, which, mm-hmm. you know, I do feel that there is a huge gap for because if I look at friends of mine that are, for instance, in the corporate industry, you know, you still want to to be fashionable you don't want to be In just that black suit or just that Black whatever you know um, it, it still needs to be fashionable So I think like Also with you know manufacturing That kind of thing are there trend Analysts involved like that actually um, You know look At trends and say okay you know This season we're doing a, a Pencil um, leg You know trouser compared to A ball bottom trouser
2: I think, you know, um, as a manufacturer, it's just like Sean was talking about multitasking and yeah. being uh, the sewers being able to multitask as, as a manufacturer, unless you're very unique to a product, you know, you're mostly going to be very, um, very versatile in the things that you can produce. So uh, and most collections anyway do have corporate corporate angles to them, you know? Yes. So, maybe a company like Antelor might be like more more relatively corporate in terms of the pieces that they make. But a lot of the other companies are gonna mix and match. You know, they're gonna have a hot pot of products uh, from ranging from evening to day and to corporate. So, you have to have that versatility to be able to do everything. And so, trend-wise, you're you're going with the seasons, but you are supposed to be pretty open to trends. The most important trend to a manufacturer, a, a fashion manufacturer, would be trends in, in 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 technology, trends and and trends in fabrication, trends in textiles that would change the technology that you use. That's yes. a very important area to be. And then, um, and then, uh, you know, the certifications. In the U.S., there are certain certifications that are needed, certain standards that are needed, especially like if you're making children's clothes, you know. Yeah. So those are the areas where you need to be able to be on trend with what's happening, you what know, the and, tests and are. And that's the
3: thing. Quite an interesting um, thing, Edgy, is obviously um you know with with Sean, you know what he's doing um and CNR branding is everything is sort of controlled, you know, with the government, with you know, with the labor law, everything. But if you look at, I mean, I know of some manufacturing. Um, sort of warehouses, if you could call it that, within Johannesburg, where the the sort of manufacturers or the sewers, if you could say that, the pattern cutters mm-hmm. are actually being exposed. Like they, you know, the work conditions are really bad. The hours are really long. Um, you mm-hmm. know, so I think in the US that is also more controlled than over here. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Is it more controlled?
2: Yeah, for us, you know, in the U.S., one thing you have to understand because a lot of the manufacturing in the U.S. is outsourced. Like, it's, so my factory yeah. is in Shanghai. Yeah. But the U.S. has very good controls how that thing in China comes here, and these controls are done alongside with China. I cannot ship anything out of China to my to my to my customer without it having passed testings in china okay. meaning inspections inspections for for general for general for general clothes and then test testings for kids clothes they cannot ship you know, so those standards they do keep you on your toes. You know, yes, yes. and and that's where Africa needs to be. Um, we need protocols. We definitely need manufacturing 100%. protocols. Yes, yeah. yes, 100%. Yeah.
3: So, um, Eiji, I'm sure. I mean, most of the listeners know that you provide uh, manufacturing services to some of the biggest fashion brands. You know, and houses globally I just want you to sort of share with the listeners What brands you're currently working on And are there any challenges that you're currently facing Within the manufacturing field?
2: Well, we do such a wide array of brands mm-hmm. um, You know, we 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 deliver uh, to stores like Nord, Nordstrom's, uh, Macy's And Harrods in London And we do, you know uh, collections for designers in, like Germany. We, we do, um, in the US, we do Bibu, we do Bill we do uh, Kate Spade, we've done Vera Wang. So, uh, from and season the, to season, our. And the list
3: our, goes on and on
2: and yes, on. <laughs> season, to season, the, season to season, the actors change, yeah. but the, the play remains the same. Uh, the challenges are mostly. The, so a manufacturer has a few core challenges.
3: Yeah.
2: One of those is the, the unspoken thing, which should never be asked for, is quality. The customer should never have to ask for quality. Yes. That is something you, it's a given. Yes. And then there's delivery, you know. Delivery is such, so that's one of the challenges, just not quality because quality is a given. It's and a given, quality yeah. actually across the world, that curve. Yes it 's it's, it's, it's almost straight, everybody across the world the expectations of quality are the same, and the more by and, and large manufacturers across the world are very good have become really good at quality, so you 're not worrying too much about that part you 're worrying about uh, the other nuances the, the delivery you know the packaging of the items um, the, the delivery of the items is very very important, understanding the logistics of delivery so for us those are where the, where we have some problems sometimes like in China we have a lot of holidays in China yes. and if a product <laughs> delivery yeah if a delivery is going to coincide with a holiday you want, you have to know that if you're shipping the goods 5 days before the holiday your chances of getting on a flight or on a boat are almost zero yes. so it's just it's just understanding all of those nuances uh, in, the, in the place where you're manufacturing um, You know, it's important Yeah um, But those things are important when you have protocols When you don't have protocols, yes. nobody cares No one know? cares, yes, yes, yes. And yes. it goes on
3: yes. So Eji, I'm going to cut yes. you short there We're going to chat now in a bit I just want to carry on and You know, sort of to a more lighter topic And glam everyone up mm. for a few seconds So...
1: Um, yes.
3: There's, a, <laughs> there's um, actually The you know so um, You know I'm going to get into lipstick color of the week But I must just share with everyone first That there's the Gindi um, Tel Aviv fashion week currently going On um, and I've been a little bit obsessed So it's the fifth year that they're um, Doing it and um, a jewellery designer, Karen Wolf, has actually um, designed the most unique piece. So, instead of a lipstick mm-hmm. colour this week, I'm actually going to talk about the lip piece that's on the the runway. So, it's almost like you know, um, a few years ago they had the the grill, you know, in your in your mouth. So it was the whole wrapper sort of style with a grill in your mouth. Madonna um, wore it. Nicki Minaj, you know, mm-hmm. did a few things with it. So this is sort of like a, a rimmed grid on the outside of your lip. So it frames your mouth. Mm-hmm. It is mm-hmm. the most beautiful, um, piece of jewelry. And the show was actually done in wedding gowns, um, with this beautiful sort of, um, lip guard or brace on, if you want to call it that. So that's my lipstick color of the week. Um, I, I totally wow. need one of these. It's so beautiful. I'm going to be posting a picture, um, you know, of it shortly. And then also, um, Sarah Britton, I'm sure for those who are lipstick fans such as myself have heard about this before, but she's created a niche for herself in the art world by using a unique medium, and that's actually lipstick to create her pieces. It has increased the number of tubes she buys, obviously, compared to, you know, myself, Edgy. I'm not going to um, put you in the lipstick buying <laughs> seat, but, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a Thank weird. you. <laughs> and, um, you know, the colors are just so beautiful. So once again, I will post that up, you know, and I was going to talk about manufacturing of makeup specifically in Africa, but I had a really, really bad Experience in a store on Sunday. So I thought, you know what? And it's been bugging me all week and I've just been like, I need to talk about customer service. Like I can't deal with it, you know? So. And I'm, I'm actually going to mention the store because I was really, really upset about it. I had friends with me from the UK, so it was a bit of a horrible situation as well. So it was the, the Woolworths in Rosebank Mall in Johannesburg. Um, and I was, you know, obviously, um, I work closely with Smashbox, so I was showing my mm-hmm. friend a whole lot of Smashbox products and everything. And, you know, we moved over to sort of the other makeup counters and had a look. And the beauty consultant, well, the friendliest um, hmm. lady I've ever met in my life, let me tell you that, um, you know, so, so rude. The body language, the attitude, everything. And, you know, for me, you know, Edgy, you've been in retail. I've been in retail. um, I've been behind oh, yes. a Mac counter. We know how these things go. And it was just I was actually so horrified that I'm literally asking her about a product and the attitude like, She's doing me a favor And I'm like No honey you actually No Don't Let's not go there Then the manager Got involved And it was just Oh it was such a disaster But anyway So I really just want to Want to put some light out there To the women, You know And it's intimidating Going into A retail cosmetic store Because you know Especially the Mackles They look like they're um, i don 't know coming from where, but it can be intimidating, so I just want to give the ladies out there a sort of go to guide of how to approach um you know the the stores and the and the service so um, as we know, you know, the face of a brand says a lot about the company. And when we say the face of the brand, it's obviously the consultants. So I always say that instead of, so I don't know how the retail stores work over there, Edgy, but here you've basically, so within a Woolworths, for example, you've got a certain amount mm-hmm. of beauty consultants and they're allocated to specific, um, brands, if I could say that. So they're not actually employed by the brand, which I feel is really, it's sad because You know, that consultant, she has, say, 10 brands under her. Come on, let's be realistic. She's not going to be able to get, you know, to give each brand the same attention that it needs, you know. So, at the end of the day, like, it's actually sort of, you know, distorting the brand in a way. So, you know, I might be, you know, who's to say that there might not be 10 clients at each brand at the same time? Then what? You know, then it's, oh, the customer service is bad. No, it's because there's not enough consultants, you know, to look after so I posted on my, my Facebook I'm um, asking women, you know, that you know, it's all rather telling them that I've been doing some research and it's scary that three out of five women in the world have had a bad experience at a cosmetics counter. That is scary. Like that is disgusting. Yeah.
2: So in the know, US it's more specialized. Exactly. Like they exactly. all have I mean,
3: if you if you're going into like a Sephora, for instance, um, each brand has their dedicated consultant. It's that one-on-one, beautiful attention. You know, it's really sort of concentrated. Um, So. Getting back to the the how-to, firstly, ladies, please pack in a packet of wet wipes because um, at the cosmetics counter, I find you testing stuff on your hand, and you know what? They never have wet wipes. So number one is wet wipes and (laughs) tissues. (laughs) Then um, what ladies commented on my Facebook is the actual foundation testing. So to test the foundation – Take a tester jar with you. So I've had that before in a store where I've asked, can I have a tester of this? Oh, sorry, we don't have tester containers. Oh, well, you know what? I've got my own. So, you know, then there's really no excuse. So, um, and actually get a tester of the foundation color. And if you, if it gets to the point where you cannot get a tester, take your own foundation brush. I mean, most women, you know, we carry our makeup bags with us. Apply it with your foundation brush and actually wear the foundation for a day. The lighting is different in a store. So what I mean by the lighting is there's LED lighting in a store and it's referred to as white light. So it's very different to the yellow natural light. So you're going to look different when you go outside. So... Number one would be obviously to wear the foundation for a day And then you've got your little tester for the next day You know, if you want to try it again Before purchasing Listen, a foundation here can be, you know From anything to 400 to 2000 rands So you want to be making sure that you're buying the right one, you know um, And then also mm-hmm. undertones Know what your undertones are So it's the same with clothing You're not going to buy a yellow dress If you know that yellow is not your color, you know So know what your undertone is Do you have a, a more yellow undertone more orange undertone or a more pink undertone, and then you can probably teach the consultant a thing or two you know, um, and also things like primers that kind of thing. I always say that if you 're researching yourself, no one can tell you any difference so if you 're going to a retail store you know at the cosmetics counter, you know exactly what you want, you know what primer you want. Um, who's gonna tell you any different, you know? So also do your research, and then most importantly, before we even get to the lipsticks and the eyeshadows and all of that, that for me I think is a personal thing. So you know, I always get clients asking me, "Does a red lipstick suit me?" Well, you know what? If you feel comfortable wearing a red lipstick, yes, then it's gonna suit you, you know. Mm-hmm. And I always say, get a skin analysis done. So I know there's brands like your um There's um, Kels in, within an Edgar Store I think they are in South Africa um, And in Africa actually Who actually provide free skin analysis Sessions so you can then determine Okay I've got a dry skin type I need a You know more of a creamy textured foundation And then you can go out to the store and actually You know go for your foundation So I just, yeah, um, I just want to share, I just wanted to share that I also had a very bad experience. And then if worst comes to worst, just contact me and I'll go shopping with you. (laughs) So to all the ladies out there, please don't contact me all at once. I might, I might uh, be a bit overwhelmed. (laughs) But for those um, who'd like to follow me on all social media platforms, you can follow me at Morag Stain. That's M-O-R-A-G-S-T-E-Y-N. And Edgy, we're going to our favorite, favorite part of the show. Who we want to dress and why So I'm going to let Liz start that one off for us
1: Today I want to dress Anna Winter, And I really want to put her in a ponytail Kill the bangs Put her in some high heels And a Liz trench dress From the denim collection Just to bring out the girl in her That's what I need That's what I want to do So who would you want to dress and why?
0: I would want to dress my business partner Because he needs to get with the trends. <laughs> <laughs> And he needs to step off the arc.
1: And who's the business partner? Costa (laughs) Candela. Guys, this is us, uh, and we hope that you have a lovely, lovely day.
3: Thank you. Thank you so much, Liz and Sean. (laughs) He needs to get get with it, Edgy. So um, I need to hear if if you're with it today. Can we hear what you are or who you want to dress?
2: Who I want to dress today? Yes. Well, I was I was going to take a double shot at you and Liz. Today.
3: <laughs> You're not allowed to. Seriously,
2: <laughs> no. I'm, and, I'm thinking. I, you know how I send you guys all these little yes. pictures of chunky shoes, and you guys don't want it. Yes. Uh, Liz says no chunkies. So today I was gonna, I was just gonna force you two into <laughs> some amazing chunky, chunky heel. Uh, Shoes, you know, Chunky Hill, wear them. Um, I
3: would wear them. Booties. It's like those those Kim K. You know the, the the transparent um Kim K. shoes from the Yeezy collection.
2: Mm-hmm. I totally
3: need yeah. to get myself a pair of those. I think they're just so cute, so so cute.
2: Yeah, chunkies are huge over here. Yeah, they're yeah. just insane. Yeah. So, and what? Who are you? Who are you going to dress?
3: Um, I want to dress. Uh, um, Netta. Why? Okay, so her name is Neta Taziki and she is the MAC senior artist for Israel, actually. And she's oh. the makeup artist who created the beautiful look, you know, with the lip that I spoke about earlier on the show. So I would like to dress her.
2: Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice.
3: Thank you so oh. much, Edgy. It was so wonderful to have you on the show and Liz, I'm sure she's having a wonderful time. And Sean, also great to have you and CNR Branding Solutions on the show. We're over and out. Follow us on social media at Fashion Lab AF on Twitter, Fashion Lab Africa on Facebook, and Fashion Lab Africa on Instagram. Thank you and God bless. Till next week. Bye-bye.
2: Cliffcentral.com.